We want to welcome all of our listeners to another episode of Minority Report podcast with Eric and Carell. Each episode, we talk with leaders in business, tech, and media. And today's episode is in partnership with AdColor, the largest, most recognized cross-discipline diversity and inclusion initiative for creative industries. The AdColor Conference and Awards is an annual event that for the last 15 years has helped companies to discover, promote, and innovate with diverse talent. This year, AdColor is inviting the community and its allies to pull up in the fight for lasting change. The hybrid event will present powerful and authentic conversations and celebrate the change makers across creative industries, both virtually and at a small in-person event in New York City on October 5th through the 8th. Today, joining us is Nicole Day, who is a program manager of global media accounts at Facebook. Let's jump in and get to know Nicole. Nicole, welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, we're thrilled to be hanging out with you today. And thank you for joining us. So for those who don't know what's going on at Facebook these days as it pertains to global media accounts, tell us what's keeping you busy there. A lot, a lot. (laughs) So we work with the top global media companies across the world. My team touches companies in North America, Latin America, and we have folks in EMEA as well. And as a program manager, I feel like that's a general title, but I'm doing so much more. We're planning a lot of like the partner touch points. A lot of our partners are like C-suite level execs. So you kind of have to like up the ante with every event, give Mm. them that like exclusive love that we love to do. And a lot of our events are centered around positioning Facebook to help their business. So I'm working with like 100 people across the XFN to pull in different information. And I'm like the packager, the gifter. Mm. So I, I bring all the information and I package it pretty for our partners to, you know, let them know that we're here to, you know, help their business. That's a critical role, I can tell you right now. But you've had a lot of great roles at some amazing companies, some of the best and most recognized companies in the world and in the country. And I want to ask you about that in a little bit. But first, tell us a little bit about you. Where were you born and raised? Yeah, so I was born and raised in New Jersey, born in Englewood, but I was really raised in Mount Olive, small town in like northern Jersey. But yeah, I was born to two Ghanaian immigrants. So that juxtaposition of, you know, <laughs> being born in America, but being raised by immigrants is just very interesting. But I'm blessed that I got, you know, best of both worlds. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> that, it's like being born in America, you have like American ideals. So like going to elementary school, you want to like fit in with the American kids. Mm-hmm. But you have a parent who's like, come home, read your books, study, grind. And I'm like, mom, I'm seven. <laughs> Can I just, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Can I go to the pool today? Yeah, was that allowed in the agenda? <laughs> but you know, I'm very grateful for you know the juxtaposition mm-hmm. because they really instilled in me like the meaning of hard work. Like my parents came here from Ghana, built their business from the ground up, not going to college, like providing for two daughters to go to out-of-state tuition. I just like look to them and I'm like, no, y'all really did that in a way that I'm like, if y'all do that, I can do whatever I want respectively, you know, (laughs) but yeah, that's why I say like, it's really cool growing up in America, but like being born to them because they teach me so much about like their own values and just watching them. But then also I love that, like, there's the freedom here, there's the liberation. So I love mixing the two, you know, and I feel like it's, it's kind of who I am today. Like I'm very liberal, but I, I, I'm also very grounded. And I feel like my parents provided that grounding for me. So yeah, I'm very thankful for that. 
Yeah, it's interesting. It sounds like you kind of have like one foot in one world, one foot in another. Do yes. you and your sister ever sort of talk about that now looking back? I think now we recognize it more that we're adults. My sister is 25 and I'm 27. So now we can look back and be like, okay, now we understand why they did those things. You know, I feel like if they didn't ground us in the environment we were, it could have gone way left. And I think now we're even more grateful about it because as adults, we can appreciate our Ghanaian culture even more. Like the music, the food. I mean, growing up, like 20 something years ago, it wasn't like as, I don't want to say cool to be African, but we caught a lot of heat, you know, growing up. I feel like now, like the diaspora is really opening up to it. Like people want to go to Ghana now for Christmas. People want to, you know, learn more about their culture and where they come from. So I feel like now it's becoming more acceptable. But then also we're learning so much more as adults, connecting with so much more of our family in Ghana. So yeah, it, it's been a beautiful experience, that's, I will that's say. Cool. That's yeah. Great. And I think for those that don't understand, it's always interesting hearing the description firsthand. What is that heat like? You know, give us one or two examples, you know. Oh, that heat, that heat <laughs> was heat, okay? <laughs> yeah. It's just like the name calling and then yeah. like, you're not even from here. You know, the African booty scratcher comments that we all heard like in the 2000s. It was, it was a dark time, but you're a kid, so like all words hurt. Now, if I was ever to be called, I'd be like, girl, go. I don't even know. Right. I love my culture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like, whatever yeah. you're saying to me, I don't even see here. None of that. So, yeah, it was hard. But I feel like, you know, the world is changing. Thank God. So, yeah, definitely in a different place now. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank right. you for sharing that. Attach myself to what you're saying about like how the family you know, goes, hey, all right, kids want to go to school now. And you're like, OK, we're both going out of state. How'd you get started going to Maryland and then from Maryland? entering a great career in media and in television. So tell us a little bit about how how those steps sort of happened. Yeah, I feel like ever since I was a kid, I was like a pretty relatively smart kid, but I did have an issue with television. Like my parents really had to be like, Nicole, turn it off. I just was enamored with TV. I don't know if it's like the escapism, but I just really enjoyed it. So in high school, I was very fortunate to be part of our TV production program in high school. So we had like, a crew cameras, Max with Final Cut Pro, like a studio. So when I was exposed to that sophomore year, I was like shining light. I was like, this is where I see my future. And from that moment forward, I knew that I wanted a career in media. And then I was like, okay, so what can I do with this? You know, like practically. And I realized I was very inquisitive, loved building stories and storytelling. I was like, I can go the journalism route with this. And like being the obsessive researcher I am, <laughs> I was looking up like top journalism schools on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And then for me, I went to a predominantly white high school. I wanted to go to a diverse, a, a diverse college. You know, I just wanted to see more. And I definitely wanted to leave New Jersey. I was like, we've had enough here. It's time to, <laughs> it's time to see more. And so then when I saw Maryland, I was like, this is perfect for me because public school, great public school, it's also near D.C. And I love that proximity to D.C. because I was thinking ahead, like, mm, internships, we can make that happen. So, yeah, I was just like, it, it all just fell in line with Maryland. And my Maryland experience, I tell everybody, I was like, I don't even know if I'd be where I am today without Maryland because the community I was able to build there. Like, I have friends from college who will likely be in my wedding mm -hmm. and like, be friends with them forever. I have professors that I still check in with and faculty. Yeah. So it's like That's the community great. there. I wasn't expecting that. And they were just so supportive, helping me get internships, putting me in contact with the right people. And once I got that, I feel like that's how I was able to really start my career with those internships. So 
yeah, after my Today Show internship, they're like, you want to come work the Olympics? And I was like, girl, it's water wet. Take me there. (laughs) My mama said, I'm going to Brazil. And she was like, oh my God. Yeah. So I think from that moment forward, I was like, I really enjoy the media industry. So yeah, that was like my first real job in this thing. And I feel so blessed. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Nicole. And you are also an advisory board member for Ad Color as well. So talk to us a little bit about like what does that mean to be an advisory board member at Color? Yeah. So like when I was a 2019 future, I finished the experience and I was just like enamored by everything. And I think I realized like, okay, now who put all of this together? Because it was a robust programming and it was just so sophisticated. That's when I found out about the advisory board. And I was like, well, I'd love to join this and pour back into the program that gave me everything. So I applied and got in and being an advisory board member, you're essentially like building out the futures programming. I'm on the planning committee. So we're on the selection committee. We're building out the application, building awareness hundreds of interviews, looking through apps and doing the selection and then also onboarding them onto the program. So specifically, that's what I do in planning. But we have so many other committees as well. We have alumni engagement and they're in charge of making sure that the futures are taken care of after the experience. It's not like you do this experience and it's like by all. It's like they usher them into the ad color community and really make them feel welcomed. So the advisory board is amazing. I mean, it's all volunteer too, which is so crazy because I'm like, we all have like day jobs, but we're really hustling and grinding for ad color in the futures because I think the organization has done so much for us. We're just like, you know, we could take extra hours after Mm -hmm. the work day to pour back into this. So yeah, it's been a great experience. Right. It, It aligns with your passions. And then also it's a great way to give back, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And obviously the Ad Color Conference is coming up uh, as we're recording this. I think we're a week and a half away and excited to meet you in person there. But you are also an Ad Color 2021 honoree as well, too. So congratulations on that. And if you would, for a minute, just take some time and and tell us about that. And what does that mean to you? Wow. So like when I found out (laughs) when they were announcing... I think I was like doing the dishes. So I wasn't even there, right? So then I come back to my laptop and I check the ad color Slack and everyone's like, Nicole, Nicole. And I'm like, oh my God, did I like post something wrong on Instagram? I was panicking. (laughs) So I'm like, what is everyone yelling my name for? But then I scrolled down and I saw like, oh my God, you're Miss Ad Color. And I was just so, I don't know if I was in shock or just like in disbelief because to be honored for something, like I feel like when you do work and things you really enjoy, you don't do them to get honored, right? You do them because like you authentically want to be there. So I think I just had like a surreal moment for me because I'm like, oh my God, they like are recognizing what I've done for the organization and like what an amazing organization to be recognized by. So for me, I think I was in shock first. And then the next day I woke up, I'm like, oh my God, I'm this eye color. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. So yeah, I don't know. It feels so great. I always talk about what ad color did for me and my confidence as like a black woman in this industry. And so to be recognized by them, it just feels so rewarding. Awesome. Awesome. That's great. And congratulations to you and to all the other honorees. want to switch topics just a little bit, or actually, it's not even a switching of a topic. It's more along the lines of continuing on the conversation about inclusivity, right? And obviously, you work in the media industry. And I think, let's just say over the last year and a half, the acceleration of the conversation about diversity, equity, and inclusion in media has definitely been there, right? And so I wanted to get your thoughts on where do you think we are right now as a media industry and what are some of the steps we can continue to take to make sure that the industry is more inclusive moving forward? 
I mean, I think I'm pretty impressed with how far we've come over the last year and a half. Like it's honestly a stark difference. But with that being said, I still feel like there's a very, very long way to go. And I feel like the number one way to do that, which I still feel like we're not doing a good job of, is like making sure the right people are in the room. There are sometimes like either a campaign drops or something. And I'm like, who was in the room to get it from point A to point it's in our faces and we're all outraged? You know, I just feel like when you have people from so many different communities in a room, someone's going to flag something, right? And I think it even goes further than having those people in the room. It's like empowering them to speak and creating those safe spaces. Because I've been in rooms, right, where I would like look like I'm about to say something and someone would look at me and I'd be like, oh, so it's not safe. Got it. So I'm going to pull back. So I think it's bringing people to the table, but then also being like, we want your voice. And it's not enough to just like invite me. I want to hear you say from your mouth, like, Nicole, what do you have to say? Like, what do you think? Because I think inherently we don't feel it's safe. So you got to make it clear that it's safe for us, you know, give feedback. Yeah, good point. I'm curious. You mentioned today's show and Bravo, HBO, NBC, Universal, now Facebook. What gets you excited about the industry? You've had some tremendous experience and you're doing great things now, but what gets you excited about the industry in the days ahead? I think it's the endless creativity, I think. Like sometimes I'm just like so amazed by some of the work these companies do. And I'm just like the talent, the sheer talent. I think that's what excites me. That's why I jump from these different companies to be like, oh my God, what else is up? What else is out there? What else are you doing? And I think specifically like being in tech where I could still work in media has been a bless for me because I think one thing that I was looking for was just more innovation. But when you're in a place that like has the resources to really innovate fast paced, I feel like that's like the sweet spot to be. So I'm really, really interested to see like the innovation and where other media companies pick up on that front. That's pretty cool. So yeah. you're busy all the time, work. I'm sure you're doing some family stuff when you can too. What's the work-life balance like for you? Well, I think ever since I got out of my Today Show job, because work-life balance did not exist in live television, especially not as a production assistant. So I think after that stint, I said, work-life balance will now be a priority for me for like the rest of my life. And luckily I've been in positions where like my managers were also aligned, you know? And for me, like, I know when it's time to put my laptop down and I trust myself to just close the laptop. You know why? Because we're not saving lives here. And this Mm. can get done in the morning when I wake up. I need to preserve my mind and spirit to ensure that I could do this the next day. Because honestly, like burnout is not cute. Burnout is not a means to success. Like I want to have sustainability in my career. I don't want to get to the end and be like (laughs) out of breath. And I'm only 27. Like, I don't need to feel that level of heaviness on my shoulders. So I think it's like the realization that like, it doesn't need to be that way for me to get to where I want to be. So yeah, work-life balance is very important to me. I I preach that on the daily. (laughs) Great, great insights. Yeah. You mentioned earlier some folks and just experiences you had early on in college and people that were helpful to you. Who were some of those people along your career that have been helpful to you? mentors, not mentors, but just people that were influential or just kind of helped you? Yeah. One of my advisors from my um, Delta Sigma Theta chapter in college, Keisha Hansard, she was our academic advisor. And she just like carried herself with such a sophistication and just like knew so much about careers and how to position yourself. 
And she actually wrote my recommendation to be a future just because she knows how much I'm career driven. And I think she just kind of like instilled within me my sophomore year that like, Nicole, you can get to where you want to be. You just need to like structure it a bit. And from that moment forward, I was like very intentional with everything I wanted. So yeah, shout out to Keisha. She was amazing. And then I would say presently now, someone here at Facebook, Jen Jenkins, she is like one of the only black women who's been media partnerships for over like seven years, which is pretty huge. And she's just amazing. She'll just like give me advice all the time. And I always say it's important to have like community in your corner in case anything goes left, you know, someone like has your back at the end of the day. So yeah, she's been amazing. So a lot of black women have really been looking out for me like throughout my whole career. So I just feel super blessed to have them. Nicole, I'm always interested to hear what our guests are reading these days, either from a professional standpoint or personally. So what's on your bookshelf or in your favorites, in your bookmarks, in your web browser? For me, like, (laughs) I love fiction. It's the escapism for me. I think that's why I watch so much like crazy TV and crime and I love crime. So right now I'm reading like One of Us is Lying and it's just like kind of like murder mystery with like teen angst. (laughs) You know, I just love, I feel like because my job is like very serious. I got to take it to a place where like this, this will not apply to me. (laughs) I need to transport. (laughs) So yeah, that's what I'm reading now. (laughs) So that's why I like all those shows I'm watching. Right, right. (laughs) Exactly. What advice would Nicole today give to Nicole that was starting out her career as an intern? Oh man, that's a good one. It would be to like enjoy the process. Because I felt like in the beginning, I was so focused on getting to like the next position just because I had my steps aligned. I had like a five-year plan at 15. Why? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that necessary when I can barely drive? But I think it's just like enjoy the process and enjoy like everything you learn. Like I think it's great to think ahead, but I think sometimes we get lost in like thinking too far in advance where it's like, girl, enjoy the moment, you know, enjoy running these scripts, you know, to the talent, because maybe you won't get this proximity to talent ever again, you know, just like enjoy the little pieces, because you're not sure like when you're going to get to experience them again. So yeah, enjoy yeah. the moment, Nicole. <laughs> love that. Love that. Yeah. All right. Fun question. I love asking every guest that we have on the podcast, which is mm-hmm. to give us the top three apps that you use on your phone, but you can't name email, calendar, or text messaging. Oh, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. TikTok is number one because they get me all the time. Number two is Twitter because comedians live on Twitter. And three would have to be Two Dots, which is like this app. It's like a game that you just have to like connect a lot of the dots. I'm like on level 200 something, but it's like a really calming game. And they recommend it if you have anxiety. So anytime on the train, because the train gets a little crazy sometimes, I put my Two Dots app... (laughs) focus on connecting the dots to get to my next location and I'm all set. So yeah, those are my top three. I love it when we get new apps that people mention. I think that's the first time we've heard that one, Eric. Yes, two dots game. (laughs) Absolutely. And usually I get my sort of crazy subway videos from Twitter, but then I can go right to two dots to calm myself down after watching them. So it'll be good. No, love it. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Well, Nicole, thanks so much for hanging out with us. A lot of times our listeners like to reach out or stay in touch or ask for advice and connect. What are some ways that our audience can find you? Amazing. You guys can find me on Instagram at all, A-L-L-D-E-I underscore Nikki, N-I-K-K-I. 
yeah, that's the best place to reach me or LinkedIn. Connect with me, LinkedIn, search me, Nicole Day, connect, message. I do all the things. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. And we want to thank our partner, AdColor, the largest, most recognized cross-discipline diversity and inclusion initiative for creative industries. Thanks again for joining us, Nicole. And thanks for listening, everyone. You can find more episodes where you find all of your audio and video. Just search Minority Report Podcast and look for the logo. Thanks. Thank you.